Bunker Banter! We are back on this chilly Thursday morning. I am joined by my pal, the Chief, Dennis Dungey. Denny, how are we doing today? Timmy, another show late in the week, uh, but we got started with PJ Hope yesterday. Man, the wind was whipping at Springfield. I'm still thawing out a little bit. I hope the vets that participated are thawed out as well. Uh, I know we have a new venture we're going to kind of unveil on today's show. And we got a couple other things to cover. Big thing, NFL draft happening tonight, kicking underway. Um, so let's dive right into things. Dive right in, yes. Chilly day yesterday for Hope. Uh, it's been obviously unseasonably cold. Uh, to start off our spring season, but hopefully this weekend we'll segue in some warmer weather. But yeah, so we'll kick off with some of our section things. Uh, I'll start here by just mentioning special awards nominations. We sent it out, or we talked about it at the spring meeting that it launched that day. And then we sent it out in the e-update after that. Uh, we'll set a unique email out about it to remind everybody. Uh, it'll be in the e-updates for uh, the next few weeks, I'm sure. But uh, you can sign up or nominate people through on the website if you go to the, uh, the professional login portion, which is in the top right-hand corner of the website. You just need your pga.org login information. Nominations will be open through May 31st. So we encourage everybody to get out there and nominate some deserving uh, PGA professionals here in our section. Once that deadline of May 31st passes, all eligible nominations will be notified of who nominated them, uh, and they'll be asked to submit further applications uh, for that. Uh, it's done through the Open Water platform, which we've done the last few years in concert with what the PGA of America uh, sent down to us. It kind of helps them more with their national awards. and. Uh, from our perspective, I think it's a lot easier to gather nominations through that platform instead of having paper paper submissions coming through. Uh, but if anybody has any questions or any issues getting into the system, just give me a, give us a call here at the section office. Shoot me an email, and we'll be be happy to help you out there. So looking forward to getting that that process underway. And then on the on the foundation side, we're gonna do something a little different this year with the grants for the PGA Junior League programs. We're gonna encourage everybody to, it's gonna be basically a scholarship program where we're gonna kinda of go off of what the PGA of America offers. So coaches can go in, list any kids or families that they think are in need, whether it's a financial assistance scholarship or a military scholarship. The financial assistance uh, has two qualifications that you can, that you can list either if the kid receives a free or reduced lunch at school, they're eligible, or extenuating circumstances at home. No paperwork needed on, on the coach's side, it's just a good faith there. And then on the military side, any active duty or retired military uh, kids of those families are eligible. Uh, the financial assistance scholarship, the junior will have no charge. You'll get a code to give them where they do not uh, owe anything upon registration, and the coach gets 125 program fee, and the military covers just the $99 game changer PGA fee that the kid will pay, and, and they'll be responsible for whatever the facility's program fee is. Now when the foundation comes in on that is they are uh, happy to cover the additional program fee that a facility may have. So if you do the financial uh, assistance scholarship and you receive that $125 from the PGA, but your program fee is $250, foundation would like to step in and cover that additional 125 
Same thing on the military side. Obviously, the $99 fee is being covered, uh, but the program fee is not. So we'd like to, to have that covered so the kid does not have to pay uh, anything. So information will be sent out from us here at the section office. We'll include some information, again, as a reminder in the e-update, but be on the lookout for, uh, for that. Yeah, good stuff there, Timmy, from the foundation and from the PGA of America. You know, uh, always want to introduce new people to the game, especially the younger generation. So giving them the opportunity to be a part of something like that, Junior League, which is uh, really blowing up. You know, you and I talk about Junior League and PGA Hope as the two best programs that the PGA of America has ever put out there. And uh, I think we can continue to see that with the signups from the PGA Junior League, but also Moving over to the PJ Hope side, as I said earlier, it got underway yesterday. We're doing the programming at Goodwin Park and Springfield again, and it's the first time since the inception of the program that we have uh, two at-capacity uh, venues with new veterans going through the program. So in the past, we've invited, uh, because we've had space, we've invited um, those that have graduated to come back, but uh, new this year for the graduates of the PJ Hope program, we're inviting them to participate in play days um, so we had a great turnout for that yesterday at Goodwin Park. Uh, I know the word's getting out up in Springfield. We'll have two or three groups up there. So uh, it's pretty cool to see the new veterans coming in and participate in the instructional side. And then the returning veterans, the graduates, getting, getting together and going out to play and, and watching them advance um, you know, from their instructional program that they attended uh, previously. So uh, having fun with that. Uh, certainly appreciate the instructors that are involved volunteering their time. And, uh, and then on, on that note, also from the foundation point, we've been hammering home the uh, Patriot Golf Days message. Uh, right around the corner is Memorial Day weekend, which is when Patriot Golf Days weekend will occur. Again, any of those funds that you raise during this program are going to stay within our section boundaries and support uh, Folds of Honor and our foundation slash PJ Hope program here in Connecticut. So uh, I know Lauren's going to be sending out some uh, reminders uh, as we close out this week in our e-update and some specific emails, so look for that. Very, very simple way to raise money. QR code, scan it to register your facility. You're going to get a QR code in return to uh, send out to your members or clients and have them scan or fill out the form, and it's a quick donation. So certainly anything is appreciated. Uh, and I think we owe it to those men and women that don the uniform and, and protected us to give us the ability to do what we do every day. Absolutely. All good stuff there. Happy to have PGA Hope underway and hopefully we'll get some nicer weather going forward for those vets participating in both programs. Uh, and then a, a little bit on the professional tournament side. Obviously we have our Spring Pro Pro coming up Monday at Tumblebrook. 27 holes, a little different, uh, different format this year, Denny. Uh, so I think that'll be, that'll be fun. Yeah, we brought it in last year, uh, last spring as kind of the uh, revamped event that happened, um, the senior junior blind draw, uh, you know, allow you to pick your own partner. You play the three formats, a, be a better ball, scramble, and we come in, have a little lunch, repair, and go back out for the, uh, usually the deciding nine, the alternate yeah. shot. So hopefully you can pick a good partner uh, that keeps it in play for you. And listen, we'll, we look forward to seeing everybody out there and may the best team win. Uh, we follow that up with the Connecticut PGA Championship, May 23rd and 24th going down to the uh, historic Black Hall Club. I know Andrew Campbell and the team down there are looking forward to hosting us. And then the week after that, we have the Walter Lowell Tournament 
which again, another unique one that we have here with the four divisions based on your years of service in the PGA and you're playing the Stableford. Uh, so we have an overall champion and the division winner. So uh, hopefully registrations will pick up there. They're a little light right now. But, you know, as we said, this cold weather is keeping guys inside and, and the ladies inside rather than getting them outside playing golf. But yeah. unfortunately, we don't control that. But uh, hopefully we can get it warmed up and guys get signed up. Exactly. Things will be booming and blooming here shortly, Denny. Booming and <laughs> blooming. Booming and blooming, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody Monday. And uh, last thing I'll say before we get into our sports chatter, just be on the lookout for the dues billing that is coming out, I believe, Monday. So keep an eye out for that. And then with, uh, with that being said, I think we can move into some of our sports chatter for the week. We're also going to have a little new segment, Denny, called uh, Question of the Week or Call to Action of the Week. We haven't really talked about it, but we're going we're gonna, to you know, pose some things out there and hopefully get some engagement from our wide-ranging audience. Uh, so maybe we'll, we'll, I'm going to start it off uh, right off the bat, our Question of the Week. And that, dun, dun, dun. Yeah, there we go. We're going to get some music with it, too. So, with this being, uh, I think we cover, obviously, golf and, and all sports here. You know, it's something that I think about sometimes, but if you could go back in time to attend any sporting event, game, moment, whatever that may be, what, where are you going? Where are you going? Why are you going there? And uh, there's certainly a lot of different choices, so... Denny, I know you were scuffling a little bit before the show to come up with anything, but I think I, I see that you might have something in your, in your mind right now. <laughs> I don't know that I have anything specific on my mind, but just kind of as you were highlighting uh, the question of the week, um, I don't, again, I don't know if I have a specific thing, but I, I think I would certainly go a little bit back in time and experience, you know, it could be any sport, but like a Babe Ruth era, you know, Joe DiMaggio, you know, I've seen highlights of Jack Nicholas play, but it'd be fun to go back and maybe see him and Arnold Palmer um, or even Ben Hogan and Sam Snead. You know, something like that. Go back in time so that you can really, obviously, we have a vision of the sports world today, but not being able to really, you know, you talk about all these guys talking about who the greatest player is of all time. And, you know, Tiger Woods comes to my mind because that's who I watched play golf. So, but to see him and see some of those other guys play. Same thing in the baseball arena. I think that would be cool. So I don't have a specific event, but it would definitely be something back in time. Yeah. Give me some comparison. Yeah, I think I, I, that's kind of where my head always goes. The, oh, the first thing that always comes to my mind is the Lou Gehrig speech. That, to me, like being there for that, you know, I, just being in the crowd. Because, like, you don't, you didn't, you read the stories about nobody as much as the, you know we look back now and that speech has such significance knowing the outcome of his life and where he was in his battle with ALS but it from everything I've read nobody really in the stands knew exactly the magnitude of that speech because yeah they knew he was sick and you know he was retiring and the whole thing but to kind of know what we know now and be there I think it would have a much different feel than a lot of people there so that's that's definitely one that comes to my mind, but uh, I think it would be cool to go to some of those like barnstorming tours that they used to do back in like the off season when it was like Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig would just travel around around the country to these random fields and and uh, and play in front of markets that didn't exist yet. I mean, they kind of do now, but I think you know, basically playing pickup games. Imagine pro athletes going around playing pickup games. That would be that would be crazy, but. 
so I would say that was mine, but the, the, the uh, Miracle on Ice game, I think being there for that would be something special. Um, I mean, I, you could go back to any of these, you know, like you said, Mickey Mantle or watching the, any, any Tiger moment really would just be insane to be there for the roar of the crowds there. I mean, you can talk about, you know, Jordan hitting the shot against Georgetown in March Madness. Uh, some of the things there, the, the NC State, Jimmy Valvano game. You've seen so many of these highlights, but to kind of go back and be there for those, it would be absolutely unbelievable. So I'm curious to hear what some of our audience has to say. Uh, we're going to post a little video to the Instagram page. It'll be in the e-update, but send us a text, send us an email, give us a call. We'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on where they would go and why they would go there. So that's our first week of questioning. We'll have some more of these fun questions as we go through our bunker banter, but I think that was a good one to start. Yeah, interested to see the uh, answers. And uh, don't forget, follow us on uh, Instagram and, and let's hear what you have to say. Yeah. Um, so moving along, Denny teased a little bit. We got a little NFL draft tonight. Uh, me being a Giants fan, it's a little more exciting since... Well, exciting and sad, I guess, is really how I would put it. <laughs> we have two top ten picks uh, this year because our franchise is continuing to be terrible. But I, I would say there's not a lot of buzz around this draft because there's not the standout quarterback or, I would say, elite offensive player in general. From everything I've seen, there's been a lot of there's not really a consensus number one pick. A lot of teams, I think, would like to trade back. That's a lot of defense. An offensive line in the top 15 picks is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I think for me, that's kind of the exciting part is that there isn't a, a number one overall pick that everybody already knows is going to be called. Um, so I, for me, that that adds a little excitement to the draft. You, you don't know whose name is going to be called. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's name was at the top there for a while, and I heard coming in this morning, Trayvon Walker's now the betting favorite. You got Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, whose name's been mentioned, but I've been hearing a lot of stuff about his work ethic. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, you know, how the names are called. And as you said, teams are looking to drop back a little bit, maybe give up some stuff to, uh, you know, to or get some stuff to drop back a little bit. Uh, multiple teams have uh, multiple first round picks. Eagles are in there as well. I know that, as you said, the Giants, two top tens. Uh, the Jets have two top tens. You know, their performance lately hasn't been that great, which has earned them those top 10 picks. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, to see what happens. You know, you got Debo Samuel still sitting out there with his trade request from San Francisco. Baker Mayfield's still out there. There's some other guys that are still looking to, you know, move and shake around. So uh, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch, I think. Yeah, I think those, uh, you nailed it right there. I think the two biggest things that are going to happen are the Debo Samuel trade and potentially the Baker Mayfield trade. Obviously, it's in, Baker is in a terrible position because he knows he's not the quarterback. He can't bring him into the, the room with their situation. So whether they decide to cut him after the June 1st deadline or they, they find somebody and, so, and they're not going to get a lot back from because they're really in no position of leverage. Uh, but the Debo Samuel thing is interesting. The Jets seem to be pretty high or right there in the mix with Tyreek Hill, and we're willing to give up, uh, I think, a lot to get him. And ultimately, Tyreek Hill chose the Dolphins, is what, what my understanding of the situation is. So if they're willing to give up that much for Tyreek Hill, I would think that they would kind of be in the same boat with Debo Samuel. And like I said, I don't think with it being more of a depth draft than a really high ceiling kind of draft where there's a lot of 
you know, all world kind of players. I think it's a it's gonna be a fun trading draft. So definitely looking forward to, to catching that tonight. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be good, and I, I think, as I said, you know, obviously being an Eagles fan, interested to see where they go. Heard, been hearing a couple different things. Uh, one of the interesting things I heard this morning is there, there's been some talk around Kenny Pickett, which is interesting because they've been talking Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, and now all of a sudden you're looking at a quarterback with your first pick. So maybe Jalen Hurts isn't all they were all they were uh, expecting to pan out to be. So uh, the other conversation has been around Jameis Williams who is uh, coming out of Alabama. So obviously some familiarity there with uh, Jalen and Devontae Smith. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Hopefully the Eagles draft better than the Giants and, you know, we'll have a fun season coming up. It's a low bar there, Danny. It's a low <laughs> bar. <laughs> but yeah, looking forward to that. And uh, moving on to, uh, I guess we'll go to MLB next. Last time we talked, it was, uh, you know, the Yankees were kind of 500, moving along a little bit, and they've since... Taken off since our last recording. They are now a half game up in first place. Beating up on some of these teams here. Nice to get the sweep against the Guardians over the weekend. Uh, now they're giving some payback on the lowly Orioles. Looking for the sweep with the 1 o'clock game today. Uh, but their pitching continues to absolutely dominate. And it doesn't look like it's a smoke and mirror situation where they're getting a lot out of you know no-name guys. I think some of these guys have... You know, maybe last year were out, seemed to be outperforming, but now we're looking like they could be pretty viable viable options. They have five strong starters. Their bullpen has been lights out. They're starting to get some offensive co- uh, contributions from from the usual guys you would expect, DJ and Judge and, uh, you know, Kiner Falefa has been on a tear lately, and Stanton looks like he, he had a nice game last night, got the 350 career homers. Uh, so the Yankees are rolling along, and uh, I'm a happy guy. Well, it's good to hear. Uh, you know, I, I'm not as happy with the Phillies. Uh, they are they are kind of turning the, right in the ship a little bit, but, you know, they're going to live and die with their offense this year. They're not going to rely on any pitching, that's for sure. But I do, you know, not to knock you off your cloud nine, but right above cloud nine is cloud ten, and it seems to be a <laughs> dark one for the Yankees. Uh, what's the deal with the sign-stealing letter that's been made available or going to be made available? It looks like they maybe joining the likes of the uh, the Astros and the Boston Red Sox. And then not only that, they're throwing stuff at players in the outfield. Come on. Yeah. I thought that was left for the Philly fans. That's, listen, I was a little, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the, first, the first thing I thought when we did that, I think, man, are we in Philly or where are we at right now? <laughs> so we got a little bit of a out of a character, I guess we'll say, for our classy New York Yankees fans. But yeah, that was a wild scene the other day. You had Miles Straw, the center fielder for the Guardians, up on the fence yelling at people. And then after the game, he's calling out Yankee fans as the worst fans ever, classless, which to me is a stupid thing to do. Because if you're going to come back to that stadium the next day after saying that, you are going to get absolutely destroyed by the fans. Uh, obviously something heated the moment, and, or, you know, the Yankees announcers and all the players were out there trying to you know, get the get the fans to calm down because that you, you never want to see a situation like that, especially after a game that was an unbelievable game and a great Yankee comeback, walk off win. So that kind of put a little damper on that, and you, you can't really defend it. But you know, like a lot of the players said too, the crowd was seemed to be really into that game. Obviously, I wasn't there, but you could hear it. But yeah, the sign stealing thing from the beginning, even with the Astros things, I've always kind of been, I guess, the devil's advocate on that and yes it was a big deal and is cheating and everything like that but to me I kept saying everybody in the league is 
probably doing something similar to this. Now the Astros were being stupid about it and you know the trash cans and I think they you know obviously made it a little more obvious maybe and took it to the extreme where it was certainly illegal but you know the Red Sox with the iPad thing or whatever they were doing and it looks like the Yankees were doing something but when it got re it got released yesterday I thought it was going to be like literally the Astros because Cashman and the Yankees did not want to release this information and thought it was wrong that they were going to release it So I thought this was going to be some huge thing and it turned out to really not really be too much of anything I guess there was some kind of camera play going on where they could see the replays because they had the the screens closer to the dugout for assistance with challenging and stuff like that but it didn't seem like there was a lot more than just I would say general like trying to pick up on sequencing of the signs and and going forward so when guys were you know it was basically just studying sign sequence and seeing if they could kind of steal signs but it didn't seem like they were really relaying or doing anything that was super out of line and they got fined a hundred thousand dollars essentially for stealing some signs but all in all I think it's just another example of a lot of teams are trying to steal signs. Yeah, you know, and it just makes me it makes me think back when my dad owned his bar. Uh, he'd have a he'd have kind of a fun golf tournament to you know take care of his customers that were coming in, and everybody kind of showed up. And the last thing he said in his announcement after he gave the format and everything, which was scramble, and he had a long drive close to the hole, all that good stuff. And his last comment before he sent anybody everybody out was, "If you ain't cheating." You're only cheating yourself. So have a good time. <laughs> exactly. We don't condone cheating here on Bunker Banter, but at the same time, eh, we'll see what we'll see what you can get away with, right? It's not cheating if you get away with it. <laughs> yeah, so. and I guess the last thing in the in the baseball world, obviously, uh, Miguel Cabrera. We talked a little bit about it on last week's show, I think, uh, but he finally got his three thousandth hit. Uh, which he becomes the seventh member of the 3,000 3, hit 500 home run club. So that was pretty cool to see. And I saw the video of it, and I thought what was really cool about the video was he got the first base, and the first guy over there to greet him and give him a hug was the Colorado Rockies shortstop. So, that you know, we talk about how great the game of golf is. You know, we talked about Rory and Colin Morikawa there at the last hole at the Masters, and, you know, it was cool to see that in the baseball baseball world too, especially when the opposite side of it, I think we had two or three more brawls go on this week. So yes. while they're yes. brawling, they are they are friends and, and they all mean well for each other out there. Yeah, and yeah, and I think I mean I, I would start my own podcast on the history of baseball and I could talk about that for for years. I'm obsessed with the history of baseball and just what that brings. And I think when you see moments like the Miguel Cabrera thing where, you know, more than any other sport, people know the milestone numbers. 3,000 hits, 500 homers, you know, 300 wins, and some things that may not be attainable in today's game, like 300 wins and stuff like that. But when you recognize uh, those milestones, and again, to do both 3,000 hits and 500 homers, I mean, that list, if you look at that list, is about as good as it gets as, as far as the company he joins there. So certainly good to see that. And like you said, uh, the Mets gotten a little dust up yesterday. They've been getting plunked left and right. They finally kind of, I don't want to say got their revenge because they didn't even hit Arenado. It really wasn't even close to him. If he doesn't give a reaction, I don't even know if anything happens. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people criticizing the baseballs and the humidor and all this other stuff. But 
Uh, that's, I guess, a topic that we could go down a bunch of different rabbit holes, and we will not for today, because yeah. I think we've exhausted our baseball talk, and Tom will probably <laughs> yell at us later when he hears this. <laughs> well, I just got one more comment on baseball. You talked about 300 wins being attainable for a pitcher, and it's going to be nearly impossible for anybody to get that, because in order to get a win in baseball, I think you have to throw five innings. Five right? innings. So starters don't go five innings nowadays, so there's going to be very few guys that get sniff even half of the 300 wins so let's transition into golf i know we talked about a little earlier you and i neither of us really paid a whole lot of attention to the zurich classic this past weekend but record number being shot down there by uh cantley and shoffley 29 under uh i did actually i did watch a little bit of the final round on sunday but they had already kind of were way out ahead and cruising the victory so i didn't watch it very long but they didn't they only shot even part of the final round so the 2900 came in the first three rounds, so that's uh, that's pretty impressive. No, they went bonkers for sure, and you know certainly in an event like that, you get hot, you can put up a, a huge number, and you know I didn't really see much of it uh, other than just kind of putting it on to check it on, like you said on Sunday, just kind of tune in and see if anybody was making any kind of charge to to compete with them, and it didn't look like it was going to happen, so I checked out of that game or checked out of the the golf pretty quickly there but i think it's a cool cool different kind of event to switch things up on the calendar yeah it's a different vibe kind of like our pro pro on monday exactly yeah so uh and again golf is just moving along moving along nicely what do we what do they got this weekend you got the mexico open this yeah. weekend i didn't see too many familiar names in there but listen another opportunity for an up-and-coming guy maybe to pull out a win and earn earn his spot on the pga tour i did see uh, news about Phil Mickelson, uh, signed, registered, or whatever you want to call it, for the PGA Championship and the U.S. Open. Saw that. But at the same time, he also put in his request for a leave from the PGA Tour so he can go compete in the, uh, I don't even know, the LIV. LIV. Yeah, yeah. The LIV Tour. So interesting news there. And uh, so, you know, so we'll kind of see how that plays out. Sounds like Greg Norman's a little under fire now because he wasn't able to pull over any of the big name guys. And he's sounds like he's trying to pull some top amateurs over there to fill in spots. And sounds like a mess. Sounds he's like in he's desperation. Just snowball yeah. just and, and snowball into a water puddle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds like they're in a huge desperation mode. Phil, again, it's just he wants to play in the majors. He wants to do this thing. Phil wants to pad his pockets. So, you know, I think that's pretty clear in his comments that got him in trouble and lost him his sponsor deals. And he's at a stage of his career where he's accomplished a lot. He's, you know, a no doubt Hall of Famer. And he's, he's, he's great. But, you know, maybe he realizes, hey, I'm not going to really be able to compete for the majors anymore with these the crop of young guys and the depth and talent now that's on the PGA Tour. So... Why not cash in and make some more money while I still have probably behind Tiger, the most marketable person in golf. Uh, so, I mean, from that standpoint, you can't really blame him, I guess. But uh, the the mindset of just kind of going where the money is and not really caring about much else is doesn't usually uh, trend well for your, your fan support or sponsor support. So curious to see where everything goes with all this. But... Uh, did I see, I don't know if you saw, or maybe I didn't see it correctly, but isn't, is Norman, does he have a 30 for 30 coming out like soon or came out on ESPN or some kind of documentary? I don't know. I, th- I thought I saw That's that. That's beyond my scope of yeah, TV watching. I know, watching. I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I'm going too deep in the weeds now for you. But I thought he would, and you know, he's, from all accounts, has a very interesting life, so that would probably be a pretty good, pretty good watch, but... 
Uh, I don't think I have too much else. I don't really, don't really want to touch on the NBA too much. Yeah, I mean, look, the Sixers could be in the in the lane of a big debacle. So hopefully, uh, Embiid and Harden figure out how to play together. And uh, for for my sake, for the 76ers, yeah. and you know, I think it's just a question of Harden not being Harden for one series and actually putting in some effort and maybe you know laying off the uh, the clubbing and uh, playing some basketball to help his pal Embiid out, who yeah. is dealing with his dislocated finger or whatever he's got and uh, seemingly just carrying the team on his broad shoulders there. So we'll see with them. And Nets are done and Celtics uh, look like the best team in basketball right now. So that's fun for all you Celtics fans here. Uh, I'm sure some of our listeners are Celtics fans. Uh, the Warriors took care of business last night. The Bucks took care of business last night. And now we'll get into some, some deeper, uh, some better series, I think. So NBA is, is good, and NHL is, is starting their postseason uh, shortly here, so dive into a little bit of that. But on that note, I think uh, that covers about everything we have for today. Again, look forward to hearing your responses on our question of the day and which uh, sporting event or game you would uh, like to go back in time to attend. Again, as always, follow us on our Instagram, Bunker Banter page. And we will see you again next week.